Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I mean, I guess. I guess supposedly I'm the entertainment. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show presented by LOTL. <clears throat> Said before we started doing this for the season that uh, we were going to do this win, lose, or draw. Not going to lie to you guys, uh, don't really want to do this tonight, So, but I said I was going to do it, so we're going to go through the debacle that was Monday Night Football last night for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Browns played the 49ers last night, as I'm sure all of you know, and play, I guess, is a term I will use loosely because I don't know exactly what that was that they were doing uh, last night. Um Tonight, I'm really not going to get into uh, kind of breakdown play-by-play play of what happened just because we all saw it. We all saw how ridiculous it was. Um, I just kind of want to go through some storylines uh, of kind of what happened coming and then coming out of this game, what it means moving forward. Uh, because let's be honest, we are now a third of the way through the season, um, essentially. And... We're starting to get a feel for who exactly this team. Well, we should be getting a feel for who this team is. And to me, this team is a complete and utter enigma. Um, the highest of highs, like last week, dominating a division rival on the road, and the lowest of lows this week, um, literally getting punked on national TV uh, against uh, the 49ers. So. Um, you know, just 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 to go through some stuff here. You know, I thought I thought we got our butts thoroughly kicked. Uh, I didn't think we were ready to play, um, as evidenced by the first snap that the 49ers got on offense. Uh, they took it 83 yards of the house. And the biggest thing that I said on LOTL this week, and then the post game show last week when me and Steve were previewing um, the game. Uh, yesterday for for yesterday was the Browns needed to play from in front the 49ers are uh, the best rushing team in the NFL now they don't have a uh, big name at running back like a uh, you know Zeke Elliott Todd Gurley you know even a Nick Chubb you know Nick Chubb's put himself in that category but they do it schematically and Kyle Shanahan put on an absolute show last night displaying how to run the football and the Browns weren't ready for it and they got thoroughly exposed. Uh, I think the 49ers rushed for 270, 275 yards in an NFL. That's college numbers. That's what good college teams do against lower level division one teams. They rush for almost 300 yards. That happened in an NFL game and it happened against the Browns. Um, it's, yeah, I... I don't, you know, they just, they, like I said, they obviously weren't ready to play. I thought maybe that they were, you know, feeling themselves a little bit after that Ravens game. You know, maybe preparation this week wasn't wasn't as good. They probably, you know, thought, okay, this is that was the first time last week that they really looked like what they think they could be. So maybe they thought they arrived and, you know, they were just going to start rolling over teams. That's a, that's a thing that we went, that uh, we faced in week one when the Browns came into the season opener hosting the Titans just thinking they were going to roll over them. Uh, because they puffed themselves up all offseason. 
The that doesn't work in the NFL. You can't do that. You can't you can't just win on talent alone in the NFL. You can do that in the NBA, um, you know, other sports, but you know, college football, you can win on talent alone uh, if the disparity is big enough. But you can't just win on talent alone in the NFL. You have to be ready to play, and you have to respect your opponent. The Browns obviously didn't think that the 49ers were as good as their 3-0 record going into last night's game uh, indicated because they got their butts kicked, and they lost 31-3. to But really, uh, the 49ers also missed three field goals, so it very well could have been 41-3, to and it could have been even worse than that. So we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I am by myself tonight, as you guys probably have heard. Um, haven't introduced anybody. Uh, had a, Steve had a scheduling conflict, so he couldn't have been on the show tonight. And uh, I'm going solo. So not going to be too long of an episode because none of us really want to relive kind of what happened yesterday. But like I said, we said we're going to be here, win, lose, or draw every after every game. And that's what we're going to do. So let's just kind of go into uh, some of the uh, themes that happened in the game. But like I said, first play from scrimmage, Matt Breda, 83-yard touchdown. And, uh, you know, we couldn't really stop the run all night. Um, you know, even Tevin Coleman got it going. He had a 20, 25-yard touchdown run. Um, the Browns just, man, for for a defense that has played pretty well uh, this season, boy, did they get smacked this week. And, and to be honest with you, it, it wasn't like uh, – you know, they had to respect uh, the pass very much. Um, Garoppolo wasn't very good. I mean, obviously he was a mile better than Baker, which we'll get into. Um, but, you know, uh, Garoppolo wasn't very good last night. I didn't think he was very good at all. Uh, but he didn't have to be because the Browns couldn't stop the run, and that's the 49ers' bread and butter is running the football. So they came into the game, the number one rushing offense in the NFL, at 170-some yards per game. And uh, that obviously went up last night. Uh with the 275-yard uh, clip that they had yesterday's game. Um, for all that went bad yesterday, I thought that uh, the Browns actually in the second quarter did a decent job of trying to fight back into the game. And the play that was really the backbreaker that kind of opened the floodgates was when the Browns got down to the uh, got down to the red zone and um, they had the ball. They had a great design play. Uh, to get Callaway open, and Baker threw it. He, he threw it a little bit behind Callaway, but you got to catch that football. He was wide open. If he catches that ball, he just falls into the end zone, and it's a touchdown, and it's 14-10. Instead, it goes off his hands, and then he tries to re-catch it, and he tips it up in the air, and uh, I think it was Quan Alexander uh, picked it off and returned it all the way to midfield, and then the 49ers went in from there to, uh, for a touchdown to make it 21-3, and that was... That was really it right there. Before halftime, the game was over. And really, the Browns thought that too because the way that they came out for the second half, uh, you know, the Niners got the ball first and just methodically, without much um, resistance, went right down the field, made it 28-3. to And uh, the Browns got the ball back after that, didn't do anything with it, and the Niners got the ball after that and just, you know, just churned the clock. Uh, the second half, there's, you know, you know, we all know there's 30 minutes per half, 15-minute quarters. And the second half, so for the 30 minutes of possession in the second half, the San Francisco 49ers had the ball for 24 of the uh, 30 minutes. The Browns had the ball for six minutes in the second half. 
That's an 80 to 20 ratio. So the game was over at halftime, and the Browns definitely agreed because you know they played that way coming out coming out of halftime. Uh, boy, you know, we had we had the game last week where, you know, it seemed like we kind of got our groove back. You know, Freddie got back to calling games the way he did last year. We were running the offense the way we ran it last year. Baker looked more comfortable last week than he did all of this year so far. Where did that go? Where did that go? I, you know, I saw I saw them run a little bit of 12, 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends uh, yesterday, but but they were trying to do and and I'm not saying this isn't a knock against Odell. It's totally obvious that the Browns are trying to force the ball to Odell. Now he only has four catches in the last two games. I think that's because defenses know they're trying to uh, force it to Odell, and uh, they're taking it away. And the Browns don't have any reaction to that. You'll see a lot of times when Baker is uh, clutching the ball in the pocket and he's getting a little skittish, his first read is to Odell. Odell's double teamed, and so uh, Baker has to come off of Odell and go to another progression, and by that time the, the pocket's breaking down. Um, and, and the Browns are doing all this this ridiculousness with uh, you know reverses to Odell and pitches to Odell, and he's turning back around and, and throwing the ball to Jarvis. I get that worked once when he threw the ball to Jarvis for 20 yards, the first... Uh, First play of the game, but that's just just he's he's so talented. It's it shouldn't be that hard to figure out how to get the most talented receiver in football open on a normal drop back offensive uh, play. Just figure it out. It's unbelievable. And Baker, man, Bud Baker, what are you doing, man? This is now four out of five games where he hasn't looked like himself. Four out of five. That's concerning. I. I've said all year leading up to uh, uh, tonight's show, I've said all year, I'm not concerned about Baker. He's going to turn it around. Not concerned. I, I'm a little concerned. Not not long term. I still think he's the franchise quarterback. I'm not, not you know, jumping off of that. I still think he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. He's not playing like it right now. And it's a concerning trend now a third of the way through the season. And I don't think he's being helped out by his coaching staff. I really don't. Because it's it's happening every single game now. Every game where he looks the same. This isn't Baker. He, he didn't look like this last year. So I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if there's a disconnect between Todd Munkin and Freddie Kitchens. I, I don't know, you know what's going on. Something is not right in that uh, facility. Something is not right in preparation throughout the week with the offense. Because outside of handing the ball to Nick Chubb and him getting 100 yards a game and you know, he didn't score a touchdown yesterday, but him scoring touchdowns, nothing is going well right now. Odell has caught four passes in the last two games for 47 yards. That That's not even a good half for him, and he's done that in the last four halves. Uh, Jarvis's production has picked up in the last two weeks, uh, despite Odell's, um, you know, absence as far as statistics go. But, you know, it's not, yesterday it didn't, you know, result in anything. The Browns didn't score a touchdown, so it, it's it's alarming. It's alarming to see Baker play this way. It's alarming to see his body language. It's alarming to see how skittish he is. Um, obviously, I still think he has all the tools. Uh, I'm still confident that he's going to get it right. The problem is, is with the schedule upcoming, especially these next two games uh, at Seattle and or no, home against Seattle and at New England with the bye week in the middle. 
uh, with us being two and three, we very well could be staring two and five right in the face. And if we're two and five after seven games, uh, all this stuff talked before the season about playoffs and you know winning the division uh, and all that. I mean, you can forget about it at least until you know later in the season because when you if you're two and five through seven games, uh, you know the pressure is on for everybody. You know, I don't think there's any way that Freddie Kitchens won't uh, see a second year as head coach. I'm not saying that, but two and five is pretty bad for how every single person that follows the game of football talked up the Browns this offseason. And, you know, we on, on LTL, we did it just as much as anybody, talking about how we expected the Browns to win the division, you know, win 10, 11 games at minimum, and all that. So... Uh, this is gut check time this week for the Browns uh, with Seattle coming in. Seattle is red hot, and Russell Wilson's playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL. So it's gut check time. But, yeah, we we are uh, we are certainly struggling. Struggling, struggling, struggling. Um, you know, like I said, I, I am concerned about Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm not panicking with him. I'm more concerned with Freddie Kitchens because I – you know, like I said, we're a third of the way through the season, and this team has no identity, especially on offense, no identity whatsoever. Um, now the defense played like garbage yesterday too, but at least you have, you know, more to hang your hat on as far as quality play with the defense than you certainly do with the offense. Um, I, you know, penalties are still a huge issue with this team. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a uh, common theme throughout the entire season. I just, you know, I don't think that's, I I just think they're, they're a poorly disciplined football team. Um, You know, it's gotten better. We're no longer the most penalized team in the NFL, but we're second. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we start the game, we start the game yesterday with a penalty. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know exactly how many penalties we had yesterday. I think it was around 10, but man, it's just, it's, it's just it's persistent. This this these issues with penalties. Red zone offense has been horrific this year. Horrific. I think the play selection's been terrible. Um, I think Baker and his uh, indecisiveness has led to that. But I just I don't think we're I don't think we're doing a good job from a schematic standpoint with uh, getting down to the ten yard line. And going five wide with an empty backfield against a team that rushes the passer better than anybody else. I just don't understand. You know, it's it, it's just, it's just really tough to decipher what the Browns are trying to do when they get down into the red zone. Now, you have one of the best receivers in football. You have a really, really, really good second receiver. And you have no idea how to get them the football in the red zone. They, they haven't done it all year, and it's now a third of the way. This isn't this isn't after the Titans game where we can chalk it up to one game. This is a third of the way through the season. These are trends. These are trends that are going to last the entire season now. This is a third of the way through. We're not just going to snap our fingers and everything's going to be better. They have to work through this. Um, and again, with Freddie, I mentioned it at the top of the show, Motivation during the week and getting the team ready to play. It's its glaringly obvious that this team was not ready to play last night. Um, you know, they just, they look, especially on defense, they look slow. Um, I heard something something that the Browns 
didn't fly out to uh, San Francisco until like only 24 hours before the game, which I think is really weird to fly cross country for a game only 24 hours. Uh, most of the time, you'll see teams do it 48 hours, so they can they can get two nights rest uh, in the different time zone, uh, so they can get adjusted. Because that game started at five o'clock in San Francisco. That's a really weird time to start a game, especially on a Monday. Um, so it it was weird to see the Browns a little sluggish, especially on defense. I mean, that run by Matt Breda. I mean, when he when he got level with Demarius Randall, uh, he made Demarius Randall look like, uh, you know, uh, a, a defensive tackle, offensive lineman. Um, it was just really bad. But, you know, they have an opportunity to, you know, get back and really hopefully change things this week. You know, like I said before, the uh, – you know, down against the Rams, up against the Ravens, back down in the basement against the 49ers. The, the, the Browns are so Jekyll and Hyde, it seems like, you know, you almost expect, okay, the Browns are really bad this week. All right, they'll probably be better next week. Uh, but you, you, can't, you can't go through a season like that because you're going to end up 7-9, 8-8, eight and, eight, and that's not what we want. Um, so, but hopefully this week, because we've been down, hopefully we'll get back up and then you know, we'll have to uh, figure it out in the bye week before the Patriots game. Uh, by the way, just a uh, little uh, mini beer of the week here. I am drinking a Citramax from Market Garden Brewery. Uh, really good IPA. Uh, really good beer. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Uh, very good. Check it out. Shout out Market Garden. Um, so looking, looking uh, forward to next week. The uh, with Seattle coming into town. Like I said, Seattle is one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Uh, they came off a Thursday night game against the Rams where they won, I believe it was 20, it was either 30 to 29 or 29 28, one of those. But uh, they hit a field goal at the end to uh, win the game. Um, and uh, they're coming into town. They're 4 and 1. Russell Wilson's playing like one of the best. Best uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, as he as he is, and um, you know it's going to be interesting to see how the Browns respond because you know after the uh, uh, after the Rams game when Baker said you know everybody's throwing us in the trash maybe that's a good thing that's what people are going to be doing again this week people are going to be throwing uh, throwing him into the trash so you know are they going to use that as motivation you know at some point. They need to use something other than people throwing us in the trash as motivation because when they come off a win, you know, everybody's singing their praises and then the Browns start puffing themselves up and, you know, then they come out and play like crap like he did against the Niners. So, you know, it something's got to give. Something's got to change with their mindset, with the way that they enter games, with the way that they, uh, you know, prepare uh, mentally. So uh, just a... Uh, we threw it out on social media just to kind of react to the game, you know, since we weren't going to be doing the show until the next day just because it was a Monday night and work the next day and the game ending really late. Um, I threw it out on at uh, uh, the LOTL podcast on Twitter uh, just to kind of react to the game. We got some responses here. Uh, Ryan tweets at uh, LOTL, says, Saw 
Dan Arlov- saw a Dan Arlovsky tweet that hit it on the head. The Browns are the best team in the league at beating themselves. Plenty of talent and potential, but between the penalties, drops, coaching gaffes, etc., we just can't get it together. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't really disagree with that. Um, you know, like we said, beating yourselves, penalties, that's self-inflicted wounds. No team is forcing you to commit penalties. That's either you're not concentrating with you know false starts or lining up correctly or stuff like that, or technique issues where uh, you're not spending enough time concentrating on your technique, and you see that with holding, with uh, pass interference, with you know stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The Browns. I, I'm not saying that if the Browns limited penalties last night, they would have won. They got thoroughly manhandled last night, um, but there's obviously some sort of disconnect because the Browns have as much talent as pretty much anybody in the NFL. But more times than not this season, they can't seem to put it together. And uh, John who uh, John Foster, who we've had on the show uh, before, tweets at, LOTL, at the LOTL podcast. He says, the Browns are not ready for prime time. A hot take, I know. Haha. <laughs> they looked bad, but they could still go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9 and nine and still somehow be in the mix for the AFC North title. Don't bury the Browns. They need a lot of work, but there's hope, unlike in, unlike in Miami or Washington. John, I, I, I sincerely hope we're not looking at 7-9, and nine, um, but I, I agree with you in this respect. I don't think it's going to take 11 wins to win the AFC North. Uh, obviously, you know, nobody thought the, the Bengals were going to be in contention, so you know, they're, them being at 0-5 doesn't really matter. But the Steelers are 1-4. Uh, the Ravens are 3-2, but... The Browns have a, a win head-to-head on the road against them, so they the Browns have a game in hand. So they're only one back, and uh, the next time we play the Ravens, we'll be at home. So it's going to be interesting, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, just looking forward to uh, next week, Sunday. It's a short week now. Um, I hope, hope, hope Rashard Higgins can get back because I don't want to see. Uh, Antonio Callaway is not ready to play. He's not. He, he's coming off suspension where, uh, you know, he uh, obviously did not prepare himself well enough uh, away from the team uh, to be ready. Now I know he would. I know he was able to be in the facility and in meetings and stuff like that, but he couldn't practice and he couldn't play obviously. But he obviously wasn't ready. And Freddie said as much because he said that. Um, you know, he did him a disservice for putting him out there because Freddie thought he was ready. So the coach thought he was ready, and obviously he wasn't. So that's another example of Freddie Kitchens not, you know, getting his guys ready to play and not playing the guys who are ready. Um, it, it, if if Antonio Callaway wasn't ready, Damian Ratley should have been in there. Now, Damian Ratley hasn't been great this season, but I highly doubt Damian Ratley is going to drop that ball and then uh, tip it up in the air for on a platter for uh, Quan Alexander to intercept it and return it 50 yards to midfield. So, and like I said before, that was the, uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. The Browns could have gone in 14, 10, uh, going towards halftime could have been felt good, you know, that they played like crap for most of the first half, but they're only down four, but, uh, the interception happened and then 49ers took it in for a touchdown 21, three, and that was it. So, um, looking f- looking for the Browns to uh, make some market improvement this week. Got to limit the turnovers. Uh, Baker's got to get back to being Baker, and Freddie's got to get back to calling the game the way that makes Baker and the offense successful. So we're hoping for that. We're hoping that that happens. Please, God, hope that happens. 
So, yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for uh, the post-game show this week. Like I said, uh, by myself this week, so I just kind of wanted to jump on and uh, give you guys my thoughts on what happened. Um, you know, interact with us on social media, at the LOTL podcast, and um, put it out on social media today. But this Thursday, uh, for LOTL this week, we're going to be at Goldhorn Brewery. That's in Cleveland. Um, it's over by the East 55th Superior area. Um, so definitely uh, come hang out with us. We're going to be there on Thursday evening at about 6 o'clock. We're going to start recording at about 6.30, and then we'll probably hang out a little bit after uh, we're done recording the show. So come hang out, uh, come see us, and uh, we will hopefully see you there. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, You're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you are, give us a uh, follow, give us a like, subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review, all that good stuff. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback, and, uh, you know, just... Keep listening. We appreciate you guys. So, uh, this has been the uh, Deerfield Gridiron Browns post game show presented by LOTL. I'm Dan from LOTL, and we will catch you guys next week. Go Browns. Bye. <laughs>